How's it going, everybody? This is Micah Ness, and you are listening to Silverline Behind the Frame, episode number 30. And in this episode, I get to catch up with Kelly Strife from Proof Research while we were filming an episode of Prime Revolution in Utah. Now, Kelly is a passionate hunter and strives to share that passion with her family and also through the work that she does as Vice President of Sales and Marketing for Proof which is a science-driven manufacturer that not only makes rifles and barrels, but also has a whole other aerospace engineering division as well. And over the years, Kelly has continually grown her knowledge of guns and ammunition, and this knowledge really shows as she helps to grow the brand and presence of Proof Research. And we are here in northeastern Utah, and today we are talking with Kelly from Proof Research. Welcome Hello. to the show. Thank you. Thanks for coming on the podcast today. So uh, we've actually been spending um, a good part of a week. I mean, what, what day did we get down here? Monday. Monday. So it's it's going on Friday tomorrow. So it's been a pretty full, full week. And what have we been uh, doing down here this past week? We've been chasing elk and some of our other crews been chasing mule deer. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a great week. Elk and mule deer. <laughs> have you have you hunted in Utah before? Never in Utah, no. So, so this a... was my first. Punched my tag, so I'm happy. Yeah. But you drove down all the way from Kalispell, Montana. Kalispell, Montana, which is where the main base is, at least for part of proof yep. research, correct? Yep. yep. Main headquarters is there and it's technically Columbia Falls. I live in Kalispell, but yeah, and then our secondary location is in Ohio. Yeah. And, and I, I've been familiar with Proof for a little while, at least on the, the firearm side of things, but this other location was kind of new to me. And so tell me a little bit about what's, what's these two different uh, areas of, uh, of Proof Research. Yeah, so we call our Ohio location the Proof ACD, so uh, Advanced Composites Division. Those guys over there, they are, we have two PhDs heading that, that front up. They do yeah. stuff for aerospace. Right. They do uh, stuff for indie cars. They do stuff. I mean, they're they're out there. Those guys are super smart, but right. they're the ones that help kind of bring some of that technology that we use for our military barrels, as well as stuff that we use in our commercial stuff for hunters and shooters. Right. So sure. the the science is always evolving, and we continue to improve our processes and and just keep pushing it down the line so that way mm-hmm. we continue to improve on everything, not just our military stuff, not just our aerospace stuff, but all of it. Right. And and how long how long have you been a part of uh, Proof then? Just over two years now. Yeah. and But you've been in this industry for <laughs> quite some time, I mean, yeah. almost from day one, right, yep. after, after college? Yeah, I was still in college. I started part-time selling guns behind a gun counter just to get a discount. <laughs> At Cabela's. <that's> yep, <laughs> yep. I spent nine years with Cabela's. I was a buyer and everything, so... Yeah. Then I was at loophole for five years and not proof. Yeah. And obviously to be involved in the industry so much from, from the get-go, you had a bit of an interest in that arena. Like how, how did that interest into firearms and hunting, that kind of thing, get started in your life? So um, somebody came home from – or came – it was like a Monday at school. I remember it vividly, and they had pictures of a, of a deer – and I mean, I think I was in middle school Yeah. and it was like, okay, that looks kind of cool. So I went home and I was like, Hey, I, I, dad, mom, I want to kill a deer. And my dad's like, Ooh. So he put me in hunter safety, got me connected with the right people. Um, mm-hmm. and the first thing I was able to harvest was a turkey cause that was the next available season. <laughs> <laughs> right. But from yeah. there I was just like, all right, this is kind of fun. You know, being able to sit there 
with, you know, a turkey blind and, and be able to use a box call and learn how to use a slate call and diaphragm calls and be able to call that thing in and watch it strut and then be able to shoot it in the face with a shotgun. <laughs> I was, I was thrilled. Yeah. <laughs> I was hooked. Yeah. yeah. And cause that's, so it wasn't necessarily something in your, your family then. I mean, no. it was kind of a foreign thing. Yeah. So my family, I had, they do some <laughs> wing shooting, some mm-hmm. stuff like that. We do a lot of fishing as a family. I grew up in Minnesota. So land yeah. of 10,000 lakes. But yeah, so that wasn't really, it wasn't something that was, wasn't, I didn't grow up with it. Let's just put it that way. Right. So, but once I got into it, it just kept evolving. Cause I grew up in Southeastern Minnesota and you mm-hmm. couldn't you couldn't use rifles. It was shotgun only. Right. So the same shotgun that I was using for turkey would be the same shotgun I would use to hunt a deer. Um, but then when I went to college, which I went to college in North Dakota, that was where it really got exciting because yeah. I was like, you can hunt with rifles. <laughs> and so, and then a whole other ballgame. Yeah, and then yeah. I was like, man, this is getting expensive. And I was a college student, so I started working at Cabell's just part time, just to right. just to get a discount, get some, you know, obviously some cash as well. So, and then it just kept snowballing. So. Um, before I even graduated from college, and I didn't go to school for business um, initially, uh, Cabela's had already kind of recognized that passion. So, and yeah. and, and there it's and it's funny because like down the road, talking to some of the people that kind of mentored me through the my early years of my career at Cabela's, it was the passion that drove it. But they they kind of said, "Hey, you have a career here if you want it." And then I kept thinking to myself, like. Is this, is this what I want? And then I was like, man, we can talk about hunting and fishing all day. Like, <laughs> I mean, and you, yeah. and you always know all the new equipment. And then you get the excitement part of someone to come in to buy their first deer rifle with their kid. Sure. Or someone just walking in saying, like, hey, I want to I try fly fishing. How do I get going? Yeah. So, like, that part of it was like, okay, this works for me. Right. Because that's, I guess it's, it's for some people, that's kind of a, um, a dream come true to be able to take something that they love and be able to turn it into a career. I mean, is that, was that kind of a progression to get into that mindset then for what you could do within that? Yeah. It, and it took me, it actually took some of my early mentors to get that, that light to like come on in my brain just to be mm-hmm. able to say like, okay, I can do this as a career. And it's not just working behind a gun counter or something like that. And it's, it's, yeah. it went beyond from, you know, managing like the entire hard goods area mm-hmm. um, or even being a buyer for a category of goods. So I mean, right. it just, it kept progressing, and then you just get more and more in depth into the industry and into the trends. Mm-hmm. I loved it, so I just I, I'm stuck for life. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and how did you grow then in those in those different fields? Even coming into Cabela's, um, was it just kind of something that came as you were working there for that amount of time that they then brought you up to different positions, or was that something that you saw and then pursued to? to, you know, this is an opportunity. This is another position that I could work myself up to. You know what? I only actually ever applied for one position when I went to Cabela's. Wow. So <laughs> every, every, and, and I was very fortunate to, to work there and, you know, they've had, they've had their changes with their company. Sure. Um, so I started right before they went public, mm-hmm. but it was awesome because, you know, someone would be like, Hey, we're going to be opening a new store at this location and we really want you to come run the hunting department. Mm-hmm. And I'd just be like, yeah. Then I'd be like, wait, <laughs> okay. I got to talk to my husband about this. <laughs> but yeah, right? that's how it worked for me. So, yeah. and, and then I was still in the stores when um, some people from the corporate office had flown in and somebody grabbed me and pulled me aside and said, hey, 
you know, you you really should be coming here and working for our corporate headquarters and, mm. and looking at being a category uh, line leader. And, and so basically, you know, I said, all right, how, what do you want me to do? And so yeah. then I, you know, I think it was like two weeks later, I'd flown to Sydney had an interview and an offer letter all at the same time. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like it was it was crazy and it was a fun time to yeah. be, you know, in the industry at that time when Cabela's was in their heydays and I loved every minute of it. And but I left Cabela's for for Loophold sure. and a big part of that was just Sydney, Nebraska. But yeah. I loved the company. Right. But before you switched then, what what do you think that was as far as was it your tenacity to just put all of yourself into that job that you were into? I mean, because for you know, if, if somebody is in a position that maybe they're not as stoked on or they want to grow into that next place, I mean, how did you set yourself up? Or, or and, you know, some of it just kind of happens because you do the right things. But was there anything that you can think back of that you could pinpoint on that, like, okay, or worked extra hours or took on anything and, you know, did everything that I needed to do? And then, or what was, what was kind of that extra thing that they seemed to notice, do you think? You know, I think, so just... My grandma was a hardworking Norwegian, so, so yes, yeah, I knew we had some other things in common. <laughs> I got lots of those in my blood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I I work hard at anything I do, but the yeah. other part of it is having that connection to be able to see, like, what I do is important, and this is why, mm-hmm. not just from the standpoint from a company standpoint, but also to the consumers, right? right? Like to be able to impact somebody's, you know, hunt of a lifetime from afar, even mm-hmm. though, you know, especially when you're like in a, in a, in a buying position at right. a company like that. So, and then just anytime I took on any new task, it would just be like, I'm diving head first. So product <laughs> testing was awesome. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> so, oh, you want me to take that gun home? Okay. Uh, yes. Okay. This is going to be awful. Yeah. Um, but the other part of it too, is working with the manufacturers at that point in my career, working with the manufacturers to say, Hey, this is what we're seeing for industry tons. This is where we think this is going. Mm-hmm. Hey, long range hunting is becoming a thing, you know? And right. I mean, let's so just use, looking for trends and yeah. staying up with all the current stuff. Yeah. And just trying to make sure that, you know, having the right gear for the right hunt for the right, you know, trip, that mm-hmm. was super important. And, and being able to try to solve those solutions from afar to be able to, you right. know, look ahead of what we think the industry is going to be going towards and what the mm-hmm. consumers are going to want and, and making sure we have the right stuff at the right place at the right time. Right. So I loved it. Every minute of it. <laughs> yeah. And, and was it, uh, were you excited then to con- con- to go from Cabela's to Leupold or was it kind of a natural progression or was it, so I was in the optics category. Um, then as I left the optics category, I went to the firearm side of the business. <clears> and then Leupold kind of, you know, said, hey, you should, you, have you ever thought about this? So, um, and I pursued it because it was a, a great opportunity. Because again, I loved the part as a, as a, you know, working at Cabell's as a buyer, where you're sitting down and you're talking to the decision makers of each company that you're working with to say, hey, I think this is where this is going to go. But then now to be at a manufacturer and be able to, you know, continue to identify trends from that level and that side was super exciting. And I was drawn to it immediately. Mm -hmm. And so when you stepped into that, was it was it kind of confident because you already had worked in a lot of that same stuff or was it a little bit intimidating or how was it transitioning? Um, so you go from one side of the table <laughs> to the other. So at first there was a little right. bit of like, okay, let's get the mindset Retailer on. Retailer to, And yeah. then and the other part, and this is going to sound silly because 
VP of sales and marketing, but I hate sales. <laughs> like it's not to me, it's not right. sales. It's right. business planning. It's, it's, I'm right. helping you manage your business. I want you to be successful. Yeah. It's a relationship. Yeah. And so, and, and the big thing is, is I tell people is like, okay, I'm not trying to sell you this, this rifle. Mm-hmm. I want you to have this product in your store because this is what people are looking for. Right. And so I don't, I don't go at it as a numbers game to say right. this is what we need to be doing and this this is what you need to, you know. Mm-hmm. To me, it's about, okay, are you passionate about the product? Are you confident in the product? Does the product work? Is it good product? And if, mm-hmm. if you check all those boxes, then the, the rest of it's easy. Right, right. So, yeah. yeah. But the, the transition, though, from being the person purchasing <laughs> to the person selling, <laughs> yeah. if you will. So that was, it, it was fun. It was, I learned a ton. So, mm-hmm. and, and I, decided after all of that i love being part of a manufacturer versus being part of like a retailer if you will yeah yeah so that was more of a step into the right direction even yeah. though you didn't know it at first i mean because even earlier on i mean you didn't realize you'd be in the position you would be in right going to school and stuff oh no no <laughs> I, I was going to school for science <laughs> <laughs> So I did go back to school and get my master's in business with marketing just to make sure that I'm like, okay, do I have all the tools in my toolbox to be successful? So, right. Right. And so when, when transitioning into the industry, it's something that you love to do in your off time is also, you know, using optics and rifles and testing ballistics and all these kinds of things. You know, some people ask that they don't want to take something they're passionate about or just as their hobby and turn it into something that's their occupation because then they lose the passion for what they actually love to do. And how, how does that statement kind of ring true with what you've done? You know, it, it doesn't for me. And I, and, and so, and here's the thing, here's the thing. I, and you and I were <clears> talking <throat> earlier this week in the truck when we were sitting there glassing and I was like, man, if I had to have a camera in my face and ha- every time I hunt, <laughs> that wouldn't it, it would take it would suck the fun out a little bit yeah. right every time sure so sure. to me i look at that part of it and like yeah that's not for me um once mm-hmm. in a while is okay but not right. like, not as my job you did great by the way <laughs> she got what, a great, great what do i today. do with my hands <laughs> so yeah. but when i'm when i'm at work at proof so mm-hmm. i we have an amazing team right we make amazing products and the right. the bigger thing for me is is i don't there's no f- faking it so mm-hmm. it's just, it just, right. it just works. Right. Yeah, you live so, it. <laughs> so, so you're talking about it all the time and you're, you're continuing to develop new things and coming up with new products and, mm-hmm. and new technologies. And you're kind of pushing the envelope And the best part of it is being able to take it from the factory to the field and use it yourself. Right. Right. So when you go to a show like, uh, the, the <laughs> wild sheep foundation show, so wild sheep show. Mm-hmm. So if someone says, Hey, what would you recommend? I want to be able to say like, you know what, yeah. this is what I use Right. <laughs> and yeah. here's the results. So, yeah. and, it, and to me, it, it doesn't, it doesn't take, it doesn't suck the fun out whatsoever. It actually keeps me going. Mm-hmm. So, cause you know, hunting season is only for a certain portion of the year. So, right. right? So the rest of the year we're planning and thinking and, and booking trips and, and mm-hmm. getting our gear ready and thinking about the next, the next one after that. So. Yeah, it doesn't suck the fun out whatsoever. It's it's actually just part of all of it. <laughs> yeah, it's an extra motivation. It's like, oh well, if I could do this trip, then I actually need to test this <laughs> yeah, yeah. new thing out. And and how has that since you've been? So you transitioned from from Leupold, then to Proof. So what what kind of brought along that transition in from those two companies? So I wasn't. I was not looking for any new position. I actually really loved working for Leupold. 
Um, and actually it was, <laughs> I was going on an elk hunt in Colorado yeah. and I wanted to get a new rifle and I was having a hard time finding something that was lightweight um, and just super accurate. Cause again, you, you, you don't get those opportunities to be able to hunt in some mm-hmm. prime location. And I was taking customers hunting on, on top of that. Yeah. And, and actually I had a baby <coughs> eight weeks before the hunt. <laughs> so this whole yeah. weight thing was like a big right? deal. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, I was, life, life, yeah. life gets in there too. Yep. yep. <laughs> so, um, I contacted proof cause, uh, loophole had used a lot of proof barrels and, and was using proof products already for mm-hmm. accuracy testing and, and the optics company is all about precision, right? Oh yeah. Right. So after I kind of had some bad luck striking out, getting some other things to work, I actually contacted them and I was like, Hey, I'd like to buy a rifle. And they were like, when's your hunt? And I was like, it is literally in six weeks. So, <laughs> <laughs> so actually KK Jens, the president of the company, one of the founders, um, he lent me his rifle and then I tried to buy wow. it off of him after the fact. That's and a, then, <laughs> that's customer service. <laughs> yeah. P- potential customer. They would have, you weren't yeah. even necessarily like customer. Yeah. Either. So, so after <laughs> that, I stayed in contact with everybody because I was like starting to buy their products. So they, they got to know me as a customer. Yeah. And so I think that, you know, they were going through like the company's fairly young, right? So they were trying to get their manufacturing stuff all kind of squared away and ready to ramp. And then they finally said, okay, we need to get somebody in here that really understands the industry and can take us to that next level. Right. And so they were like, hey, there was that chick at Loophole that didn't plan very well, and she called us <laughs> six weeks before her hunt. So I wonder what she's a good consumer. <laughs> Primo. So, yeah. So, yeah. And, and they actually contacted me, um, somebody from the company with through Facebook actually just said, hey, what would it take for you to come work for us? Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, who is this? <laughs> so but it worked out i mean i couldn't be happier so it's been it was a great move it was a great move for my family and again just being able to be i I am not worried about anything leaving that building ever ever at any given Mm -hmm. time that there's any issues whatsoever and then on top of it just met some amazing people Mm -hmm. right just through the company and stuff so it's just it's it's been a wild ride and it's been fast it's been a very fast two years and i'm looking forward to the next 10 so (laughs) (laughs) yeah for sure and, and so when you're at a place like that, that, that seems to be always creating some very unique products and taking on something that not everybody is doing, um, how do you take on something like that, that, you know, there's already a lot of innovation out in the industry and people are always trying to come up with new things and changing, like how, how do you continue to keep you know, coming up with, and not that that's all of your part. I mean, you have a research and development, I'm sure, and all that stuff. But I guess, first off, how, how much input do you have in kind of that development process? And then what's what's kind of the mantra with the company in order to not just come up with something new to, in order to have to have a new product label or something? So, so we actually work really <clears throat> closely as a, like a very cohesive team. We're a small team. So actually Proof's got about 70 employees altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, we have quite a few engineers and I talk to those guys daily. Yeah. Um, typically when I'm going to go meet with a customer, whether it be military, foreign, domestic, I always have actually, um, one of our lead design engineers with me, his name is Ben. Great guy. So, and just because same thing there, he's, he actually came from the oil field down in Texas, mm, yeah. super passionate about guns and hunting and mm-hmm. shooting. 
And they saw that they had a design engineer posting on their website and applied and, and got the job and, and moved his family from Texas to Montana. So yeah. culture shock for those guys from a weather <laughs> standpoint. But oh, yeah, for yeah. Sure. But so you we we all have like minds. We're all super passionate about it. Um, we have another engineer that is a native Montanan um, and he is constantly planning his next rifle. Mm-hmm. He's always looking at the next cartridge and he's probably elk hunting right now in Montana. So. <laughs> Um, so we, we actually work pretty closely together. So, and there's two pieces to it. So, um, we have our military stuff that's very, it's, there's stuff available to the military that's not available to the commercial market. Right. And a lot of that stuff is, is, um, driven by requests from the military. Right. So we continue to push that envelope there with the technology, with high temperature resins, high stiffness stuff. Mm -hmm. We're getting into 25, 30 and 50 millimeter, um, we got some crazy cool stuff going on there. And so mm-hmm. when what we learn from that, we bring down to the commercial stuff. But then yeah. as far as what's driving the product development product, I guess that the big thing is just looking at the marketplace. So, you mm-hmm. know, there's some newer action companies that kind of popped up in the last couple of years. And they have amazing tolerances to the point where we can thread chamber and crown a barrel without having the action. Right. That's kind of like. That wasn't that wasn't a thing five years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. um, you know, that type of stuff. We're always looking at the industry. And, and and here's the cool part about the industry. It's a small industry. We all know each other. We mm-hmm. all have relationships. So it's be able to pick up the phone and call, you know, the hornities of the world and, and the mm-hmm. big horn arms of the world and be able to talk to them about what's what's coming down the pipeline and plan together. Right. Right. Because so. you're you're and but you're also making some of your own rifles itself not not just the barrels for other other companies too right yep nope we do we do we actually um have a couple <clears throat> different rifle lines there's a teaser out here this week of a new rifle coming yeah <laughs> dun, dun, so. dun. yeah this is uh what are we first part of november so yeah when's when's i guess if somebody's listening to this later on when would they be able to look this up i am back in the office next week so I'm all right so it's guess. coming right up I'm so by the guess. time you listen to this, it'll <laughs> probably be out. So check out the new stuff from Proof. <laughs> yep, yep. We're gonna have some um, some stuff at Shot Show too. That it's gonna be like right down to the wire to get them kind of like finalized. So there's yeah. a lot of new stuff coming. But a lot of that stuff is driven towards, you know, I was ta- talking earlier. Like some people are really looking at what is the lightest rifle you make, and you're like, okay, I can make you a 28 nozzler, a 300 wind mag under six pounds. And so a lot of the guys that want the custom custom, mm-hmm. you know, they'll, they'll put like a big heavy optic on it because they don't want to skimp on glass, which I 100% agree with. Don't skip on glass ever. It's a bad mistake. Mm-hmm. So people want the lightest rifle they possibly can get so they could put good glass on there. And then that thing is accurate. Um, it's like shooting a heavy profile barrel, but you're, you're, you have like minimal weight on it. Mm-hmm. So with the new Glacier TI that we launched actually the SHOT Show 2019, like how popular that was and seeing what the trend was going towards and how mm-hmm. people really, really adept, like absolutely were gravitating towards that. Mm-hmm. So we're going to expand on that. We're going to expand on looking at mm-hmm. like lightweight action options and we are going to start retailing stocks. So yeah. cool. um, you're going to see this at <laughs> SHOT Show. Yeah. So yeah, everybody listening, you're going to hear this now. <laughs> so we're making uh, like Remington 700 drop in stock mm-hmm. and it weighs sub 20 ounces. Yeah, that it, is. It's bomb proof. Yeah. It's 100% carbon. It's made with our advanced composite divisions and, and our team back in Montana. It's it's mm-hmm. amazing stock. Yeah. And that's and that's kind of going back to like what you're saying too, looking at the trends because even those that maybe don't 
um, hunt or not familiar with, you know, the, the weights of guns or what they normally would be. I just, it's, it's a trend, like you said, of people wanting to, you know, pack in somewhere and the, this, uh, Alpine mountain hunting, you know, every, counting ounces, trying to carry the least amount of weight. I mean, you got tents getting lighter and sleeping bags and boots and all yeah. these kinds of things. It all adds up to, you know, get it, allowing you to get out there farther and get out there and venture. And that's, like you said, it's keeping tabs on those trends that are coming in more and more. And that's what you guys have been able to do to stay abreast with that. Yeah. So. And, and you do that because everybody that works for the company is passionate about it and everybody's yeah. got their eyeballs on it. Yeah. And, and they're, I'm sure a lot of them are, are users too. I mean, they're, like you said, if you're, if you're, if it's something that you would take out and go and use, then it's that much more applicable because you can relate to that person or that end customer too. Absolutely. In fact, I can say with 100% certainty, everybody on the sales team is just as passionate as I am about hunting, which mm -hmm. makes it so much easier for them to do their job because they're all using the product. Right. They're going out there. Um, actually, one of the guys, uh, been, he went antelope hunting. His dad flew down from Alaska. And then a couple weeks later, he was out there mule deer hunting. And mm -hmm. the entire time, he's using a proof rifle. And he's got, you know, the best equipment you know, bought the new, the new lightweight hunting pack frame and I mean mm -hmm. everything about it. And you just look at it and it's like, he's passionate about it. Yeah. This is why we do what we do. Yeah. And, and so when you're, you're having this passion, how, I guess, how do you adequately portray this passion out to the end users, the customers, and what, what seems to be working the best for proof as far as getting this message of what you guys are doing out to the, the masses? So one thing, so it's kind of a, so we do our own rifles, right? But we do a ton of barrels. <clears throat> so when you have more and more companies, you look out there and how many people are running proof barrels right now on some other rifles. Yeah. It's staggering, but it's also, it's like, it's, it's because they work, right? Mm -hmm. um, we're not the cheapest. That's, that's, that's yeah. not a, not a, you know, mystery mm -hmm. there. I'm not unveiling something there. Nobody else has, hasn't figured out yet, but the, the fact of the matter, it works. And so with the amount of people that are using the product, the amount of companies that have come to us to say, Hey, let's, let's do this together. Um, and, cause again, they're looking at the trends as well, right? Everybody's looking at it. Mm -hmm. And so that's, I think that right there is how we're telling people how it's, it, how, how this is working, right? Like yeah. this is, this is being successful because it works mm -hmm. and now everybody's starting to touch base on this okay let's get a lighter rifle um titanium was like a four-letter word for the longest time in the firearm side there's mm -hmm. you know always heard the word galling used when you talk about it well now with the way you can nitride and and do the and the the quality of the material mm -hmm. now there's no issues with that so right. and now at looking or you know looking at the industry you're seeing more and more titanium actions pop up and build so yeah I just think it, it, the bigger thing for me is, is it's, it's working because it works because everybody's using it because it works. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if that makes sense. The proof is in the yeah. proof. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So nice. every, every gun that we ship out of our building is a half MOA guarantee and we send the target and the tar it's, and it's not a game target. It's, mm -hmm. you know, it's literally a three shot group in a very short amount of time. And it doesn't have to do it once; it has to do it twice. And we send the target with it, so mm -hmm. there's no there's no hiding behind it. Yeah, and so I think just for some of the, again the the listeners that may have of other areas of expertise or things that they can apply to that too. Um, what do you? It seems like, or just from what I'm hearing, is is obviously being able to read the trends and staying up with with those types of things too. But also, I'm hearing a lot of you're essentially collaborating with a lot of other companies 
to provide a specific piece that you know that works well and then you can provide to them rather than just trying to, obviously you have your own full guns and everything too, but when someone builds something good, you're not going to turn away from that because like, okay, you're building this part really well. We can provide this piece and then work together on that. I mean, it seems like, yeah. you know, you really have to be able to collaborate well in order to grow in a lot of cases, right? Yeah, and actually, you know, the, the age of social media being what it is, if you actually look at our, our, our Instagram page, you actually see we share a lot of content from our, you know, other partners in the industry. So right. even to the point of gunsmiths, I mean, we share a lot of different things because we're touching all those different, you know, pieces mm -hmm. of it. And so we, we're, we're proud of it. We want to promote their business. If they're successful, we're successful. And that's just, it is what it is, man. <laughs> proof is in the proof. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, and so it seems like uh, social media then as far as, promoting and getting the word out there, going to trade shows? Is there anything that's seems to be more, more or less gravitated to as far as the customer wanting to see your guys' stuff out there? Um, you know, we get a lot of feedback from the consumer shows. So, and I mean, especially when you go to something like Dallas Fari, SCI Sheep. <clears throat> so be able to talk to the guys that are out there booking, you know, the, the, the once in a lifetime, bighorn sheep hunts. And it's fun talking to those guys because some of those, most cases, those are not their first hunts, right? Yeah. So they've they've done some stuff, and and even talking to Mike and Clint, yeah, from Prime Revolution. I mean, those guys have they've 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 hunted all over the world. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're great guys. So the fact that they've chosen, you know, to use proof products, mm -hmm. and they came to me two years ago at Shot Show and said, "Hey, we'd really like this. We'd really like to work with you as a sponsor." And I was like, "Absolutely." So they're already using proof products with um, Rocky Mountain Precision Rifles. Mm -hmm. So, but we were absolutely kicking in. We want to be, you know, part of that journey with them just to be able to promote it. And I think that stuff to me is you can't you can't beat guys like that, right? Because mm -hmm. they'd be doing it whether or not they had a TV show or not. <laughs> right. right. So, and they're passionate about it, and that passion meets exactly what we're trying to achieve at Proof Research. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, that's that's huge, and I think uh, it shows through even even from this week. You know, spending time with them out hunting and, and, uh, um, you know, we've had some really good success so far and, and, you know, coming and doing a, a trip like this, I guess, with, with customers, I mean, that, that seems to be being able to share that shared passion, you know, together in the same place. And we had talked about a little bit earlier, what, I guess, why, why is that still such a big passion for you in the realm of hunting coming from, you know, some just, okay, I grew up with it. It was my family. You know, I, myself, I grew up, my, my dad was really into that. And so we gravitated towards that. But, you know, in, in your case where you don't necessarily have a whole bunch of family around that's, you know, all doing the same stuff and what, what keeps you, you know, pushing forward to, to hunt and want to share that with your family. You know, so I'm, there's a feeling that you, I mean, if once, once you've done, once you've hunted, you've, you've put in the miles like this week with four days, we, we did some hikes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We did some very unsuccessful stalks. They were really skittish. So, but once you finally like, you know, be able to punch your tag, that's a feeling that's really hard to describe. And then I'm looking forward to, and I'm praying that my kids want to do it. So mm -hmm. that to me, like just being able to pass that tradition on. Mm -hmm. So being as, you know, as passionate as I have been about, about hunting and shooting since the very beginning, I'm hoping to pass that to my kids. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, and I think that that's like, that's the future, right? So <laughs> yeah, I just want to keep it going. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's huge. And I think, uh, 
So for, for you, you in that kind of position, do you see this industry continuing to, to grow and change enough to, to stay, you know, a, a career, you know, long-term or, or looking into, um, or where do you see, you know, kind of proof going in the, in the near future? You know what? I think that the industry has been strong for a long time. I don't see it going anywhere. So, I mean, you have great conservation groups doing lots of great things to make sure that people are still having access to land and being able to get tags. So I think proof's going to continue to grow. So it's, it's outlook is good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, um, and even just, I wanted to kind of just look at for this week, um, I'd like to kind of share somewhat of a, a story or experience or something. Do you have, um, something that kind of sticks out from your, you know, travels and going to different places to, to hunt or even just, you know, the, the things that you've come across in, in the, the business or anything that kind of sticks out, pops up to your mind first thing about, uh, any type of memorable story or something like it could be from this week or maybe from a previous, you know, trip or something like that, that you want to, you want to share? Um, so I'll leave out names and companies. So, <laughs> um, there was somebody that was kind of high up in a company that was, you know, as a retailer and this actually is a loophole story from when I, my there, but so I went, on, I took them on an antelope hunt and mm-hmm. I, during the conversation, I found out that they'd never actually harvested a big game animal. Right. Mm-hmm. So the mission, I didn't care about my tag at that point. Right. <laughs> it was game yeah. on. We are yeah. getting something on the ground for yeah, you. That's the first experience. That's yeah. a big deal. So um, I had my rifle. She had a rifle that one of uh, our reps had brought with just to get her mm-hmm. going because she didn't even own a rifle. So, by yeah. the way, she's a she. Yeah. So it was it was a fun experience just because of that alone. But yeah. um, she was having a hard time. We'd get antelope, I mean, 80 yards. And she, mm-hmm. had, a, she had a scope on there. She couldn't quite figure it out. And so at the time that loophole BX6s were brand new. So I finally was just like, you know, watching her and seeing her struggle. So I finally was after that, the antelope stopped standing there broadside eating grass and looking at us, you know, trotted away. I said, here, check out mine. So she kind of messed with a little bit and she's like, oh, I like this one better. So then the next step of that, I had a CDS style on that, that, right, that scope. So which for those that don't know, explain that (laughs) (laughs) it's the most, it's the most awesome system you could come up with for a scope so it's basically you can call if you buy a cds capable scope you can call the loophole custom shop and you can tell them i'm shooting this caliber this grain bullet you can use factory ammo and give them all those details and when you're going to hunt if you hunt in the same spot every year like if you got a deer lease in minnesota you can say it's going to be this temperature. This is my my this elevation. Elevation, all that stuff. You can yeah. as much details you want, or as little. So they'll burn a dial. So basically, when you get that, you zero your scope. You put you put the dial in there. You set it to your zero. And if you range something and it says three hundred eighty yards, you turn it to three point eight. <laughs> yeah. So and wow. you hold the hold dead on, and, mm-hmm. and it's 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 doing your math for you. So yeah. So for especially for people that are not ballistic dorks and don't understand, Mm -hmm. you know, all the different pieces that go into getting the perfect, the perfect shot. Mm -hmm. It's the easiest way to be successful hunting. So, so I had, I had that CDS style in that gun though for, um, for that hunt. And so we could, we put a stock on a, a buck and we got a good spot and I basically put my pack underneath her rifle. So she had enough elevation on it, um, ranged it. I realized she wasn't super comfortable with the gun. So I did, you know, put the bolt, where it needed to go said here's your safety mm-hmm. she got everything set up on it 
I, we arranged it. I turned the dial, and then she finally took that shot. And then the first, so first she had that feeling, right? Yeah. <laughs> so we were all smiles and like hugs and the, the whole nine yards, and we just kind of sat there. And she's like, "I'm gonna write a review on this, <laughs> a product review." And I was just like, oh, no. "Damn, this is awesome!" So she okay. took her first big animal. animal she was very successful doing it. It was easy to use. She totally understood it when mm-hmm. it was all said and done. But then that was kind of like the gateway drug into her future of what she wanted to do hunting-wise. Wow. So <laughs> to work in the industry and not do yeah. it, you know, that's that's the trying to keep things separate. So, right. you know, just be, being able to share that experience with her and, and, and then kind of put the why, right? So mm-hmm. y- you have a job. Your, your job in some scenarios could just be like, we just need to make the number. Yeah. In that scenario there, she kind of was like, this is why we make the number. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is why we're doing what we're doing. It's not just a number. <laughs> right. So that was that's my favorite hunt that I did with any 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 friends and customers. Yeah. So looking forward to the day that my eight-year-old daughter wants to go hunting now. That'll be the most <laughs> memorable. And then hopefully after that, my three-year-old son, when he's old enough to be able to take him hunting as well. Right. And And you said she has had a little bit of interest so far. You know, it took me a while to get her even wanting to to sit down behind a rifle so i had <laughs> i had several trips to a range where we get everything yeah. set up and I, and i have suppressors right so we're, we're shooting suppress to try to keep the noise this has it's not silent but to keep the snap mm-hmm. out of it and we're using you know 22s and, and small calibers right. yeah so there's been plenty of times where i get her get it all set up get her on there and then i'm like all right safety's off off all you have to do is squeeze the trigger and then she looks like looks at you and she says is it okay that i don't and i'm like yep that's fine too <laughs> put it back on safe and you just kind of like yeah. all right we'll work on this yeah so finally what actually what kind of turned the trigger is that all week i kept telling her i was like i got a project for you and she's like what is it and i was like you won't know until this weekend <laughs> so i went and nice. i bought a brand new ruger 1022 i got a magpul stock i put a got a carbon proof barrel and we literally assembled a brand new 1022. Wow. So I would, you know, start the screws to A, get them like loose or A, to make sure they're tight. And then so at first when she opens the box, the big white Ruger box, she kind of looks at me and rolled her eyes. And I'm like, no, 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 no. So we did it start to finish. We even mounted the scope together. Wow. And then we did the That's whole thing. Cool. And so the very next day we were supposed to go to the range and she was super excited about it. So we get there. And she, she sits down and she's looking at me and like, she's like, I'm scared. And so we, and again, we had a suppressor on there. So I said, okay, here's the deal. And we're, and we're out in the middle of nowhere in the woods in Montana. So I was like, don't look through the scope. Don't do anything. I'm like, just pull the trigger. And she's like, okay. So she pulls it and it goes off. And, and she, you know, she had the gun to her shoulder. She's like, that was okay. That wasn't loud. And I was like, exactly. (laughs) This isn't hard. And the other important thing is you steal. There's like the positive reinforcement of hearing it. Yeah. So versus trying to hit paper. So I put all the fun factors out there, self-healing targets, mm-hmm. steel. And pretty soon from the 1022, I had a Ruger precision rifle in, t- in a 22. Yeah. And she was using that and working the bolt. So, and then one random day she was like, mom, we are shooting again. And I was like, okay, I've made it. Yes. <laughs> I've done my part as a parent. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. and, um, you know, going on this trip, she, her only advice to me was, Mom, don't shoot any moms or babies. I was like, don't worry, babe. I won't do that. <laughs> Easy. So, <Check. laughs> so yeah. So she's she's kind of interested. So mm-hmm. we did um, last year. She sat in the truck with me and we drove and just we were just trying to fill a doe tag. So she had the blaze orange hat and the blaze orange vest, yeah. but she never got out of the truck. We didn't shoot anything. But the, right. the key was is she knew that there was a possibility 
and yeah. she came with. So yeah, I'll just keep slowly doing it. So right, and that's and that's a big thing. I think we were talking about that earlier too, of just getting out outside and doing the whether it's hunting or or elsewise. I mean, that's um, how how do you feel about getting you know younger people out doing that? I love it. I mean, you got to start them early. So. I mean, the other part of it, too, is, is being responsible and taking the fear factor out of it. And, and I totally don't want to talk politics or anything like that. <laughs> but yeah. it's just it's a matter of, OK, yeah. there's there's tools available to make it. So it's yeah. far less spooky. So, yeah. you know, get the tax stamp, get the suppressor mm-hmm. on there, you know, use subsonic ammo, do whatever you can to make it as easy going as possible. Yeah. And then at this point, so she's still in the 22 land. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even going to approach pistols yet, but that's yeah. going to happen. <laughs> um, but yeah. then the next piece will be like, okay, here's a 20 pound competition, six creed more. There's mm-hmm. like legitimately no recoil to it yeah. and just kind of keep progressing from there. So, mm-hmm. I mean, she's done the, the steel targets at 50 yards and the self healing stuff and she's been doing amazing. So we've got yeah. good optics on those things and she's having fun with it mm-hmm. and it's just going to continue to push it. And on yeah. top of that, every time we go out there, it's usually you know, myself, my husband, my three-year-old son, he likes to put his hearing protection on and sit behind a rifle. So, yeah. I mean, it's just a, it's a family event, but we're just going to continue to do it. And, and it's, it's outdoors and it, it's a long drive where we go. Cause we kind of go up in the North Fork and I mean, typically we all have binoculars and it's a day pack. It's, it's, it's awesome. I love it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's cool. And it's, and it's something you can share with the rest of the, the family as well. And yeah, absolutely. And, and this week you got some, some great meat to, <laughs> to go back and everything and the stories to tell. And, yep. and, uh, that was, that was exciting to see it all, all come together today. I mean, you, you had some, uh, some good words that were spoken of just like, you're excited to share that with your family. That's so <laughs> I cool. Am. I am. I want, I want, I want that part of it so bad. So it's, it's, it's in my DNA. It's yeah. what I love. It's what I, it's why I go to work yeah. every day. So it's yeah. like to be able to share that with them and hope to, that they want to do it with me someday. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're big campers. We're big outdoor people. We do a lot of fishing. Sure. So to me, it's like the next step is to get the, everybody converted to, to big game hunters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's a process. I, I came from a big family and I was thinking about with my dad too. And it's like, well, you, you know, don't all have to, to go and do it, but at least go try it you know, one time at least and, you know, go shooting and stuff and, and see what you think. And, and all of my sisters at least gave it a go. And, you know, some of them kept with it and a couple of them came up to Alaska with us this year. And to see my dad be at that point to have them coming up and, you know, spending, wanting to spend time out hunting. And and one of them ended up getting a a bear up there. And it was just like, it was a really emotional time. just with both of them there, it was just like that, that's what he, you know, wanted to, to build all this stuff up for. And like you said, it's, it's something that you can, you can pass on to them and it's, it's special. Yeah. So. And, and, and it's a hard to describe the feeling that you get when it happens. Yeah. So, yeah. nope, I legitimately <clears throat> told you, I think on film, like right when it happened, I was like, I can't wait for them to see this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I sent, cool. I sent my husband a text saying, like, Hey, I got one. I'm like, but don't show Bristol. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Need to be able to yeah. bring that. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, so this, this is going to be, um, part of the season five for prime revolution, which will be starting in January of, uh, 2020, uh, which actually I think it ends on maybe be starting on like the 30th of December or something like that, whenever the first Monday, how they set it up. So, awesome. and, uh, yeah, we're excited we're glad you're able to, to be here this week and spend time with 
out in this, uh, this great place. We had a lot of, a lot of great people here in camp. We got to meet a lot of cool people too. And yeah. like you said, that's, that's a big part of it too. You just get to be around some really awesome people. So yeah, I have a couple of orders <laughs> in my wallet right now. People were right? ordering guns as yeah. we were sitting yeah. here. So yeah, like, that's the thing. It's like, is this supposed to be working? <laughs> I guess it's vacation. Oh, okay, you can do it both. I'm he, fine with that. Yeah, they're, well, they're excited, and it's like, yes, I will help you build the gun of your dreams. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, like you said, it's 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 exciting to see people, you know, brighten up from from stuff like that too, and what you get to do can impact someone else, you know, down the road too. So yeah, it's exciting. That's why we do it. That's right. That's why we do it. Well, and I appreciate you taking some time to to be on the podcast as well. And it definitely has been a, a fun time this week and we're looking forward to more adventures down the road. We'll do it again. <laughs> yeah, Sounds good. All right. We'll catch you later. Yep. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you're able to glean some valuable insights from this episode. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a review and let us know what you thought and your feedback. We would love to hear from you. If you want to find out more, visit silverlinefilm.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook under Silverline Films. And we look forward to seeing you next week on Silverline Behind the Frame.